0: Welcome to the Fair Chase podcast. It's like, yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna suck, hard, but, but it's also like the best. later on that's the story you tell. I got a new strategy. It's you just go kind of lick your finger a little bit like this. Aim high, play the win, and then you aim high, you play the win. It's a new aiming technique that I'm working on.
1: You brought this up, yeah,
0: is because you had target panic so bad. Yeah, I didn't have it so bad. Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars, spotting scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality hoodies. sweaters and
1: hoodies, t-shirts, hats. Yep. You uh, can save yourself 20% on that stuff. By Ooh, using it's a new
0: code, the code TFC20. TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year, we're gonna be running the mission platform or the EDP platform, depending, and uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah. Nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability on
1: that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime. The bow that got
0: me to switch back. I think I feel like I got you to switch back. You did, but but I like. But it it's was a because big part. of Prime's shootability, shooting your bow, their accuracy. Exactly. So uh, we're big fans of Prime. They're Michigan company. Jared's shooting the Nexus 4. four. I'm shooting the Nexus 2 this year. Go check them out. G5prime.com. We uh, we're big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot, and Jared can't tend o- to get lost <laughs> a lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross. <laughs> this is an awesome platform. We know the guys; they're local here in Grand Rapids, and
1: you can actually download other apps, stand locations, plot locations, whatever pins that you have. You can download them onto the Huntwise platform, so you're not you can, give you it a, try. You can just hit the ground and you're not running, losing your a research. Try. Yeah. So go check this app out, Huntwise.com. You know, I was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with Vector and like I had to shoot a different arrow would I shoot vectors? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah. I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there your draw length, draw weight, I think your tip weight. Your tip weight. And they have a, and then you customize the whole thing. And you they can do it right tip, online. And cut, and everything. You don't have to mess with
0: the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out, vectorcustomshop.com. For 10% off your order at checkout, use TFC10. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. All right, welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us, um, a guy who remotely, virtually has made me feel a lot of pain over the last two weeks. Uh, his name is Dustin. I'm not going to even try to pronounce your last name. Dirfendorf? Dur- Dirfendorfer. Dirfendorfer? Jimmy uh, slaughtered that one. Yeah, that's my bad. That's why I didn't <laughs> want to say it. Um, and Dustin, you definitely tomorrow morning, you'll, you'll hurt me again. I'm i uh, I'm week <laughs> two of the uh, kettlebell workout. So yeah. it's it's pretty good.
2: I've seen you in the app. That's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Now I've, Wait. I started like looking around at all of them. I'm like, I'm going to start with this one's kettlebells. You know, it's pretty straightforward. I've got kettlebells. I've been doing like a lot of punching bag and yoga. And like some, some running just kind of from the beginning of the new year, I got some hunts plan that I wanted to go after. And then, you know, I got onto your app and it's been awesome, except some of the, the women and I don't mean to sound sexist, but like some of the women that you have on absolutely would crush me in all, all the things.
2: <laughs> yeah. We have some very strong females that test these workouts. It's crazy. They, oh, they crush yeah. her the guys all the time. A five minute wall squat. She did.
0: And yeah. with hold, holding weight. And I'm like, I, I took one break and I felt like a really big man. And I was probably holding less weight than her. And she did five minutes wall squat. It was, or yeah, wall, wall squat it well, was sit, awesome. Yeah. Wall sit, sit, sit. I'm sorry, sit. And you didn't sound right coming out. <laughs> so anyways, Dustin um, kind of gave away a lot
2: of it, but tell everybody what you do um, and who you are. So I'm the founder of mountain tough fitness lab. We are out of Bozeman, Montana, and so we started diving into training mountain athletes full time in 2016. So, in 2016, we created a lab here in Bozeman where we could test programming on the world's most dedicated hunters, um, military athletes, and mountain athletes. And then, once we're satisfied with the testing, uh, we put that programming online for people to access across the globe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You said, I'm just looking at my, my notes here. You said 2016 is when you kind of started putting this together.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I started mountain tough alone. So it's kind of the classic, uh, American dream bootstrap story for sure. So I was sick and tired of a office job. I was super bored. It was an excellent job, but I just did not like um, being in the office all day. And so kind of dove out on my own with this idea that that someone should be training a hunter with the same degree of interest that like an NFL coach would train an NFL player. at, At that time, no one had dove into hunting that deep. And so that was the original vision was what if we broke down the mission of a hunter the same way the NFL coach would break down what an offensive lineman needs to do? Yeah. And so I started alone. Um, I had three guys that I would train in the park by my house. All right. (laughs) And I had a buddy create a logo and, and hung flyers in all the local bow shops and then it just kind of grew and grew and grew and it was local at first. And so it was all Bozeman athletes were coming in for this training. And then once we, once I saw the potential, I created the team. And so the team was definitely around mental toughness. Uh, So we brought on Ara, who was a Lieutenant Colonel, Army Ranger, Alex, who was a Navy SEAL for nine years. And then Jimmy, uh, who was, the legend in Bozeman for training like if you were in Bozeman and you wanted to climb Everest Jimmy was the guy you'd go see really so I created that team in 16 and uh, that's when we took everything online
0: yeah so smart good timing with COVID That had to be kind of nice I mean not nice but obviously kind of nice
2: yeah we lucked out with COVID it was a blessing in terms of we had already created a home gym program about nine months before COVID hit. Yep. And we didn't really want to do that. It was kind of funny. We we were like, who would not train with gym equipment? Like if you're gonna be if you're gonna train the world's best mountain athlete, you're gonna use some equipment. And so what happened is we had preseason prep for the backcountry hunter out on the market we had postseason strength for the backcountry hunter mm-hmm. out on the market and guys started calling and they're like I love this this is phenomenal but what do I do if I'm in a hotel room for a week right and so we we're like oh we'll create something for you guys so we created uh the mountain tough 3030, yep. 30 30 which is 30 days all body weight and then COVID hit and that the at-home stuff just went through the rough is there any,
0: re- I mean, obviously like weights are handy because you can do certain movements, but like say you're a guy that has, you know, some 20, 30 pound dumbbells, you know, a backpack and and a pull-up bar. Like it with, can you get the same results with that? Or do you really need to have a gym to get, to see the, the results you would, you know, with the gym rather than without? That was a bad question, but you, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think the... All of the research and studies we have done answer that question in two different ways. One is if you're if you're an athlete that's already in a really good shape, then you can do a tremendous amount of maintenance with something like a heavy pack or a kettlebell. So if you take someone who's already strength-wise really strong and cardiovascularly doing really well, and you put them through like a 45 day heavy pack training program, they'll come out on the other end of that functionally way stronger than they were before. Right. But, but someone who's a beginner, um, they can, they can do well if all they have access to is body weight or kettlebell or heavy pack. But you just can't, you just can't pack a significant amount of muscle on someone scientifically without putting them under those heavier loads. The progression type stuff. Yeah. So we always say like, absolutely anything is better than nothing. We would, we would tell anyone in the world to train with whatever they have. It's always going to be no training at all but for someone to get incredibly strong you need those heavy loads right
0: but for mobility you know moving well i mean it's i've i've can you know that i feel like that's that's a that's a big thing and i would imagine that's what a lot of the people that are coming to to mountain tough are really looking for like that mobility and what what i've noticed so far is how many i mean dude i was waiting for at least maybe an arm day like actually like it's all legs like there's even the times like today, I did some pull ups and push ups, but
2: still, for the most part, like my legs were like hammered. Yeah. 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 We're trying to really, we're trying to really pound that leg endurance. Yeah. So, because the one thing that makes training a hunter very, very unique, like a, a backcountry hunter is unlike any athlete in the world. The only thing that compares to it is a, ma- a military athlete. Yeah. And even a military athlete isn't always the same. And the thing that separates a backcountry hunter is almost always that they need to they need to pre- perform for three, five or seven days.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So if you if you think of someone coming out like someone coming out west to backcountry elk hunt on their own, uh, it's almost always three or five or seven days. Right. And so there's hardly any other athletes in the world like that except like an expedition mountaineering team even like the special forces are going to be dropped in perform a mission and then usually catch a ride out so we hammer that leg endurance pretty pretty hard
0: but if you think about it I mean like so a hunt like a a regular a backcountry hunter like you said three five seven days I mean if you can't Everybody can like you can train a lot of people to do day one really hard and then kind of t- be rested because it's like the marathon or it's the competition or the game or whatever it is. But like yeah. you said, you have to be able to go to sleep, you yeah. know, and not the most ideal situation for sleep and rest with the food that's usually not even the best at replenishing you. There's a lot better products out now than there were, but still it's not the same as just laying in your bed after you had a nice warm meal, right? Um, and so you get to help not only get them strong for that first push, but like recovery has to be able to be quick, a lot
2: quicker than a lot of other things. Is that about right? Is that right? Yeah. And I think that that was the, one of the biggest things we saw with hunters that were hunting certainly out West for the first time was this theory of bonking on the mountain so bonking it was like super popular and someone would crush day one and then not be able to get out of the tent on day two yeah and so that is like a really really common problem and what we want our athletes to do is just to be able to perform day after day after day so that they don't have to come home early or they don't have to end a dream hunt and it's it's sound for people who
0: haven't done any backcountry hunting like it sounds ridiculous like you spent all this time and money and you thought about it and planned for this big hunt and like to go home day two or three sounds ridiculous, but like it happens all the time. You know, I I think of an example, I've talked about it on this podcast before I I went out and I've got a brother who weightlifts a lot, like heavyweight. He's thick with two C's. And, uh, he, he came out. I'm like, Hey man, you, you should be able to get ready to move and like be able to, um, you know, have shorter recovery times it's just different and so he's like yeah yeah i'll be fine well we went out and like it did not go well for him he's like he's got to be close 75 pounds heavier than i am yeah he's big dude um and day after the first hike in and like the rough sleep and then we crawled up even higher to to scout and everything else whatever uh by that end of that he was done he was he was done and so it's it's a very different movement it's a very different type of exercise and like the longevity of it is, is the big thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredibly common how, how that happens to way more people than folks realize. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is more than it's like extreme leg endurance, but it's also uh, rugged terrain. There's a ton of stability, a ton of ankle mobility, a ton of uneven, rocks and mud and stuff that folks just aren't used to and so their legs just are smoked and then they just don't want to move that next day
0: oh yeah jared even this year this year we went uh on Ma- uh, lake manitou north manitou, north island, manitou north manitou island uh oh excuse me and like yeah you really just yawned into that man i know i'm <laughs> sorry i don't know what it is i just, <laughs> just hit a wall here yeah so but, but the walk out I mean, we were carrying our stuff plus the deer, you know, and like my, my, I messed up my knee and I think it's cause I was not in the right shape. My legs were not right. I was not prepared and the stability, especially going over uneven terrain, walking all that crap out on your back and like, oh, yeah. and just push. I mean, oh, we just, yeah. dis- we had decided we are not stopping. We were going to get out and like, you know, th- that's the mental part of it. And we're going to get to that in a minute, but physically I'm still kind of paying for it you know, yeah. um, and it takes a long time for knees to heal.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing we're, we're learning a lot right now. We're just like the kettlebell program you're doing. That was our first ever coach style program. So in the app with preseason and postseason, season, uh, 45, 70, 30, 30, those programs are all, Hey, we're going to tell you what to do today. And you're going to go do it uh kettlebell in the app is the first one where you just hit play and follow us the whole time yeah and so we call that coached versus self-guided so all our other programs are self-guided kettlebell is coached um we launched a couple days ago a coached heavy pack program and it'll be the same way where you just throw on your heavy pack follow us for 30 to 45 minutes and compete with the athletes in the lab and it is phenomenal what like a heavy pack will do to someone someone who's even in like incredible physical condition because there's just nothing that compares to heavy loads on your back tight shoulder straps tight chest strap tight hip belt it's just
0: different yeah
2: yeah it's putting a massive load on your on on part of your central nervous system that's not usually getting worked that was, that was what I
0: found. Cause even going into our hunt, Jared, like I'm, I, yeah. I stay in fairly good shape, you know? And so I was like very surprised how dog tired I was when, especially uh, when we got out.
1: Dude, even uh, like the first 500 yards, I was like, Oh shit. I think yeah. I'm <laughs> oh, Pack exactly. too much like, weight.
0: <laughs> I remember when, when we first started walking, it was like, Oh, cause we went in with fifties or so pound uh bags and it was probably a three or four mile walk in um and we came out with that ish on our back plus some deer you know and you're you're pushing 100 pounds and it was just it was it was rough like my knee like i said my right knee it would happen it was in the back back like armpit at my knee pit yeah you know like some muscle in there
1: i remember that that was a gnarly pain like a pain i had never felt before (laughs) <laughs> and that
0: knee pain, then it has been hurting me, Jared. So I went to the chiropractor. I go fairly often and cracks. she, yeah. yeah. And she's been, she, it, what has been happening is that makes the front of my knee kind of where your what your patella would be. Yeah, I thought it was something wrong with my patella, but it's like a muscle in there that it fires off. And so I'll just be sitting down with all of a sudden it just, it'll go off. And it's I'm like, awesome. holy cow. I, I'm telling you, man, the day I turned 30 years old, which was three years ago, hard to believe. Not to brag about my age, Jared, uh, <laughs> but like all of a sudden, like I never had that, never had to think about that, never had to worry. Like I could go hard, and I would just bounce back, no matter what I was doing. Yep. But suddenly, it's like it's not muscle pain. There's other pains and
2: aches that come with doing stuff now. <laughs> yeah, we talk about that a lot. Like the, you know, one of the predominant trends in in backcountry hunting preparation is the comment. I'm just going to hike all the time. I'm going to be fine. Well, a, that's really unrealistic for a lot of people that don't have access to the mountains. And then what we found is like, that only works in your twenties and thirties and then in your thirties and forties and fifties, it creates some major serious problems. So like the body's not going to recover as fast and the endurance isn't going to be there. The strength's not going to be there. So what we're seeing a lot now is like a mountain athlete who's who's not training in their 30s 40s and 50s is going to have a super hard time
0: it's just i yeah i i took my dad out out cunning yeah. <laughs> and we're going we're going down this way we go we're working our way down this huge huge decline right and we're just checking we actually got to the bottom and there was One of the bigger beaver sanctuaries I'd ever seen, like beaver (laughs) dam on dam. And then just a lodge that was like the size of a house. It was, it was incredible. Right. And so I'm like, all right, dad, you know, there's nothing down here. We got to go up, but let's just take the shortcut rather than take the kind of like the wind kind of windy way down. I was like, let's just go straight up. Yeah. And this was, I think I was in my twenties still. So I was still good. I remember we got a quarter of the way up. I looked back and I think my dad if he could have had the strength to take his rifle down and shoot me, he would have, he was so mad. And so just like, I'd never seen him like that before, Yeah, (laughs) Uh, but it was like his, his, he was probably wet in his fifties and his fifties.
2: So yeah, you're fifty and You're, you're screwed. Yeah. Smoked. Smoked. It's it's cool though. Like, cause the, the guys that do train in their fifties and even into their sixties can just be beasts. Like they can be mountain beasts past 60 years old if they train right and that's pretty badass that's that's really and that's the goal i mean that's what we
0: jared and i kind of talk about i just want to be able to move well so i can hunt as long as i can yeah the way that i like to which even we're from michigan right so it's it's totally different uh you know it's not climbing mountains but it is some of the places we go like you're either you're paddling a kayak out or you're walking through a you know knee-deep swamp for a mile you know, or whatever it is, it's still not, I just, I still want to be able to do that. I don't want to be that guy that's got that bad knee or that, mm-hmm. you know, my hips kill me back, my back's out again. I don't want, or my shoulders, you know, I don't want any of that. I want to just keep going.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's that fit kind of fit for life mentality.
0: Yeah. And be able to move well, move well. Yeah. I've been doing, uh, and I, I like to brag to the, about this too. I've been doing yoga with Adrian <laughs> uh don't like to do yoga but i've it's been a realized
1: change. it is I, a a female youtube video channel it's not the thing <laughs> is
0: don't it's not sexual jared don't <laughs> even go there like
1: he gets his yoga pants on and it's, goes down it's there she's
0: she's fine yoga people are weird and for people who listen to this i'm sorry my wife does <laughs> yoga too but it's really good because i so i done not i did a lot of sports growing up jared you did a lot of sports growing up but i never stretched yeah. ever. I just never would skip it. I'd screw around it. Like during stretch time at practice, I just wouldn't, you know, yeah. and I got by with it for a long, long time. Well, all of a sudden it's like, I can't, I'm so inflexible. It's like affecting my life. And <laughs> I know it's affecting how much, how much I get out of a workout. Yeah. Right. So I, so prior to even starting mountain fit, I'm like, I, I always say I'm going to do it. I am committing to doing yoga five days a week. Right. And so I've been doing it and Jared, not to brag, I'm a, I'm almost two months in, but i could Is also you. You. you probably you i guarantee jared you're still more flexible than me i hate it because yeah i hate yoga sucks because it's like i'm just gonna sit here be a little sweaty and uncomfortable and just stay that way for, for like 30 seconds at a time i'm like you the, know i'm like the human form of gumby gumbercules you got muscle you got flexibility <laughs> You got everything. Got <laughs> kind of slime around. No, Jared, you are you are pretty flexible. And here's the thing. I know you do it on purpose. Like, we'll be hanging out. And you're like, hang on a second. Hang on a second. You'll stand up and you'll just be like. I do not do that yes, on purpose. You, There's yes, times
1: do. where you just do. Do stretch. He and flexes
0: <laughs> by stretching. It's a weird flex.
1: And sometimes you just got to get into that, like, runner's pose. And you just got
0: to. You, you don't really don't, out. though. The average person doesn't do that. You do. It's <laughs> not <could laughs> evident that I can't. But I'm going to. I'm not. I don't do it on purpose. It's just like
1: you know what man i'm
0: standing here i could just stretch for a second you guys are just chatting away i'm just gonna stretch a second. I, my goal is one day just not say anything you're gonna be talking to somebody else i'm gonna be like oh hang on a minute and just go into the splits and be like oh, I yeah. just this is what i do i just split i do the splits sometime i would the only there, reason you. i'm doing yoga is for that right there pulls split. the splits yeah just full the not the easy <laughs> out this way i mean like legs out like this, like the hard kind like of spikes, the flat flat arcs on the ground. Yeah, not the front, not like one up, right? not one up, one down. That's- no, that's cheating. That's the easy way. So, um, so Dustin, <clears throat> a lot of what you do, you know, like I said prior to this, reading a bunch of articles, I had a great quote about that you posted about, you know, goals versus uh, system for like yeah. accomplishing something, which was great. Um, but I think a lot of what you do is also mental focused. Um, which not a lot of play, uh, things like this are, I mean, I was telling my wife when I started doing this, I'm like, you know, remember when we tried, we did that P90 X it's like that, but like way better, you know, and, and aside from the workouts, which are great, it helps with some of this mental toughness, which for anybody who's done backcountry hunting, there's certainly a physical aspect to it, but there's always a point on a hunt where you're like, well, I could just do the easy thing or just sleep in or whatever, or not. And there's like, it's, so it's it's a big mental part of it too. And you pay a lot of attention to that, it seems like.
2: Yeah, so mental toughness is everything for us. It's definitely like our number one ethos that we run everything through that we're doing. And most of that is baked in kind of like you saw in the program. So yeah. the one of the only ways to make someone more mentally tough is to put them through adversity and then put them through it again and again. And and they know that they can go there now. And so the next time you ask them to go to that point of pain or exertion, uh, it's much easier for them so that it becomes no problem. So we wanna push people extremely hard in the gym or in the app or in these workouts so that when they do run into a similar situation in the backcountry, they're good to go. They've been there before their heart rate has been there that high before, they've been that tired before. Uh, so that it's not a surprise, because once it's a, a surprise, that mental fear factor starts coming in, which can really shut someone down. And so mental toughness was always what we were after. And it, it's almost more important than the physical, because we know that if we can make an athlete extremely mentally tough, then they're going to accomplish all these goals that they're training for anyways and so if if someone is extremely mentally tough they're gonna they're gonna stay that extra day on the mountain or they're gonna stay four hours through that snowstorm or they're gonna push three ridges further back when they wanted to quit and that's where the animals are gonna be and so mental toughness is is huge and for mountain tough it's a lot more of if we can make someone extremely mentally tough, then we know they're also going to be a way better husband, a way better boss, a way better employee. They're just going to be better at life in general. And for us, that's really important because I think what we always talk talk about is most of our athletes are going to, they're going to subscribe to Mountain Tough for a hunt. So they're gonna subscribe for this big hunt that they have planned this year and they're gonna start training. But what we know is the, the, the hunt is not the end game because they're gonna go on that hunt and then they're gonna come home from that hunt and they're gonna to have to play with their kids, hike with their kids, hang out with their kids. Uh, they're gonna to have to perform at work that week. And for someone to really train for decades versus train for a year, then like hunting can't be the end game, even though that's what got them in the the door. And for them to stick around for a decade or so, they need to be, they need to work on that mental toughness, if not more or just as much as that physical side.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the coming back and being okay after hunt, I regularly will come back and i'm sh- so shot even like jared like for some reason when we do turkey hunting every year mm. like our turkey seasons are short so when we go like you it's like go. all day and i come back from turkey hunting i think that's when i'm most tired for, for yeah. some reason just because i'm all excited it's a couple days i love to turkey hunt yeah. and you get back home and it's like oh, <laughs> oh this is the worst <laughs> um, but you you brought up something um about mental toughness. And I just made me wonder, like, have you found a pessimist versus an optimist? It, you know, is, is an optimist more mentally tough, able to keep pushing? Or does it not matter so much about pessimism or optimism in terms of who you are?
2: Yeah, that's a huge part of it. So um, the the most mentally tough people that, that we've found in all our research are certainly a lot more optimistic. And so the, the extremely competitive person can be very mentally tough because competitive and mental toughness are, are very closely linked. But the competitive positive person who's mentally tough, like 99% of the time is going to outperform that negative competitive mentally yep. tough person. So usually you see this on the mountain where someone is, um, be like day five of a nasty backcountry elk hunt, And uh, the optimistic person will be stuck in the middle of a blizzard and it'll be like negative 20. And they'll look at you smiling and say, hell, at least it's not negative 40. This is right. Like that, that switch that they're able to flip where something could always be a little bit worse. And they're just glad to be out there. They're just glad to be on the mountain. That person always beats the negative person like the the negative mentally tough competitive person they'll be up there and they'll be crushing it on day five but they'll usually be so grouchy about that blizzard and that blizzard kind of was the cap on that negativity that they'll be like screw it let's get out of here we'll come back another day yeah so that the positive attitude is is huge for its linked to mental toughness yeah yeah
0: absolutely and, and it just it made me think of it because i was saw this posted somewhere. It's a, we have never quoted Steve Ranella on this podcast. Everybody knows who Steve Ranella is. Uh, but it was a great quote. Um, it said a pessimist brain is fine as long as it's paired with the boots of an optimist. And I like that. Cause like he can, sometimes it's actually good to be pessimistic about certain things when you're hunting, you know, yeah. um, and, like, especially when you're about to shoot, like, you know what, I'm I'm not going to get a shot and you know, as you're getting ready and it kind of helps calm you down and send it. You know, and then you just uh, shoot it right over the back. No, you know what I'm saying. No, you like need to be able to say, like, "All right, I'm not going to get a shot. It's fine. Just stay calm. This deer's and you're never going to get a chance." And then it comes a little closer, and you're kind of like, I, "I've heard a lot of people say to me that's what they that's the way that they talk to themselves when before a shot because it helps them stay calm."
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a scientifically proven point. It's called pessimistic optimism, which is kind of a, <laughs> a, a pessimistic optimism. Is that idea like if you're crushing someone in the gym on an eight round workout they'll they'll laugh and say it's not at least it's not 10 rounds we're only doing eight right and it, it's such a mental switch it 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 works like every time and that's how they're talking to themselves they're like you know they're they're they know it's an eight round workout but they're talking to themselves like i could do this for 10 or 12 or 14 rounds and so i think that that voice inside of their head becomes extremely important. And we did a study last year on like everyone has this voice inside of their head. That's leading to mental toughness and about half the population is negative and half of the population is positive. And some of the most famous mentally tough people in the world go negative and they do crazy things. So if you think about like the uh, the David Goggins type story, so David mm. Goggins um, running the Badwater Ultra, um, and he talks very vocally about, it's all this negative voice inside of his head. He He's talking down on the old Goggins in his head to get himself through these very difficult situations. So, all the research has indicated that the negative voice might be more powerful than the positive, but it's it's a short burning fuel. Sure. So, so the negative uh, influence in your head can get you through some of the hardest things. And so if you research like um, the 10 most mentally tough athletes in the world, they usually had this really traumatic childhood. They had something crazy that happened to them growing up and they're using that old trauma as fuel to push harder than like any other human in the world. But they're not gonna do that for 10 or 20 or 30 years. So like we work with a lot of our athletes that are like that to try to switch it positive. Like it's not about this trauma when you were a child anymore. It's about like, what kind of father do you wanna be to your to your kids for the next 20 years? and that negative fuel is not going to really go well in that, in that new life. And so the negative fuel is crazy powerful, but we call it, um, short burning fuel in terms of, it's not going to keep them super motivated for a long time in a healthy way. Sure.
0: Yeah. Cause you end up like hating yourself Yeah. (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, that is a
1: phenomenal book, by the way. If you haven't had a chance to read David Goggins Can't Hurt Me, that's probably one of my favorite books that I've read, at least in the recent history of mine. Yeah. Um, like as soon as you read it and you're like you're hooked, you start like going through all of his buds training uh for the seals, everything he had to endure there, like his knee flaming up and having to go through it. Well, I think it was three times he had to go through, and he finally. I'm not going to ruin the rest of it, but it's just the way that he talks about that mental toughness and just overcoming all of the obstacles that he had to do. It's just, it's crazy. It motivates you. And that's what pushed me to get, I think it was for a whole winter. I was waking up early and going on a run in the morning just to get out there in the cold and just say to myself, Hey, you're going to get up and you're going to go run in the frigid cold. You're not going to like it but you're going to do it anyway, because it's good for you. And there would be
0: times it would be four degrees outside. And there I am huffing and puffing. But yeah. what happens when you do that and you're deciding to do something you don't want to do, I feel like that, that's like a domino effect. You push that domino and the rest of your life, you decide to do the right thing. Again, quote somebody else. I was just listening to the Remy Warren podcast and he said, but I, another thing that stuck with me, go the best way, not the easiest way. Right thought that was another great, great line to remember. I don't
1: know about that, man.
0: No. We, we, we tried that route on the, minute. <laughs> the best way is better than the easy way, right? Uh, and and once, you, once you're waking up and you're running, right, you've decided to do that. Well, then the rest of the day when those little decisions come up that you're like, well, you know, no one's really looking. I could just kind of do this and it would be a lot easier. Um, But it wouldn't be the, you know what I'm saying? Once you make it once, it's easier to make it again. Yeah. And that sets off the rest of your life in in the right direction, I think. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, I've even, I've even read and and heard that if you, if you're up exercising early in the morning, you're more likely to make better food decisions throughout the day. Sure. Sure. Like simple, just little, Hey, I don't really want to eat that snack. I just ran this morning.
0: Yep. dude i'm the opposite are Maybe you that the, now I, every, when i wake up straight to the honeymoon i just i'm like hey man i worked out i am i burn a lot like my i burn a lot of calories you know i'm fairly i'm skinnier you know and so i can just eat and like i'm like well just load me up you know what i'm saying i'll take two whatever that is you need the fuel burn the fire that's what that, we won't get but into that but it's it's funny though it's been rough i i work out in my garage which is the detached we've been cold it's been cold this january Mm -hmm. here and so going out there when it's like single digits and i got this little stupid space heater which does not unless you stand right in front of it i'm i'm working out with hats and like gloves and i got these big old big gloves on right and uh what i've liked about mountain tough is i get you warm pretty fast like pretty quickly i'm like shedding layers you know feeling pretty good out there but you It is good to guess. I don't know what it is. It's good to be like
2: really uncomfortable every day. Yes. Yeah. 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 Doing something challenging every day is a game changer. And traditionally, Jared's point is accurate that most people will get like a positive snowball. So they're usually like, I worked out. I'm not going to sabotage my workout Mm -hmm. by, by eating bad at lunch. And then it's usually the opposite where someone who is not working out is like, oh, i didn't work out today i might as well screw it no. yeah screw it
0: yeah two donuts well here's the thing though for me my bad eating day is different than the the average man's eating day we i our family is a very we, we had a, like we had you're a very of, clean
1: eating you, very i clean. eat
0: a clean diet like very i don't clean. i haven't eat, i haven't had a, a speck of gluten in like 10, 10 years at least no yep. dairy i've I, i've tried a little cheese but like I eat vegetables like my my indulgence is I'll have a second ha- helping of kale, please. You know, just load me up on a little bit more kale today. And uh, Which, believe it or bad. not, all the vegetables that you eat, you
1: actually give off a, a different smell.
0: Do I? Mm hmm. Like
1: bad. Like and even even I mean, I hate to say this, but because <laughs> everyone loves their own brand. Like hey. when you rip ass sometimes it smells oh, well. like a,
0: like a cow fart. Oh, dude, it it smells good. It's no, it good. doesn't. It's just like, ah, dude. I have a sensitive constitution, off the right? <laughs> <I> do. <laughs> That's why I had to eat this way in the first place. <laughs> yeah, right. You, are you just telling me you don't like the smell of my farts? <laughs>
1: all, I'm, all I'm saying is you just got, I'm not, everyone's got a stink about them, right? Some people have really bad ones that smells like a wet rag.
0: Or Other like garlic, are, or like
1: yeah, you know, like that's all dependent on what you eat. It comes out of yeah. your port, what do I smell like oils? This is huge for me. I don't know this. <laughs> you, you never I told don't know. me. This. You
0: smell like vegetable broth. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I eat a lot of breast. You know what? I eat a lot of bone broth. <laughs> that's not going to lie. Not going to apologize for it. Deal with it. You know. <laughs> that's all I'm saying, like you just, it's not a, it's not a bad smell. I'm just saying, like you are what you eat. <laughs> you are i'm and which is a lot of vegetables and weird meat everybody gives me a hard time for like the the funny things that i eat from animals but hey man eating healthy you Um, it. so anyways yeah so just kind of dial like turning back the clock right what why did you decide to get into this in the first place why like you know this you've you've started i mean obviously you started in the kind of exercise space, but you started going hunting and you've gone into studying physical and mental toughness in just a variety of ways. But like at the very beginning, what, what why'd you take this turn in life?
2: Yeah, it's been a crazy journey. So I was a Montana kid, a lifelong kind of bow hunter, grew up bow hunting with my dad. We grew up in Eastern Montana outside of Billings. And so I started archery hunting elk with my dad around when I was 12. And so archery elk hunting was kind of it. That was our full-time year long pursuit, shooting bows in the backyard and and training for that. And then as I grew older, just started bouncing around the West, trying to hunt elk in as many states as possible. And then I went to college in Montana at Montana State for business and entrepreneurship and graduated and just land landed like this dream job on paper. So it was crazy in terms of it was this crazy high paying job. I was 23 and the job was a corporate think tank concept. And so we would, we would interview 10 to 12 C-level executives from non-competing industries and they would share ideas. So for example, the first group I had was like the COO of Nike, the COO of UPS, uh, chief operating officer of Starbucks. So I was 23 interviewing some of the most powerful business ex- executives in the world learning a ton. Um, The the executives loved it because they're sharing ideas. So like the COO of UPS was dying to talk to the COO of American Airlines. They just never had that connection. And we made that connection. And so hypothetically, it was like a dream job. Um, But I was so bored and I was so bored of being stuck in the office all day we were on the phone like 12 hours a day in these tiny little cubicles and it just wasn't scratching my like challenge and my physical itch and my wife and I after graduating college we had gotten super into ultra marathons and marathons and so and that that all this stuff was kind of coming together And my wife was the passionate runner. So she was the one who got like the runner's high and just loved running. And I hated running, but I just liked uh, the physical benefits of the challenge. And then we started getting into the ultras and the ultras were in my mind, I thought it was the perfect fit. And so the ultra was 50 miles in the mountains A lot of times it was the exact same mountains that we were going to be bow hunting in later that year so i was like man this is absolutely the the perfect way to train for a western backcountry elk hunter was just to run these mountain races because you get an incredible amount of endurance and so we did that um for a few years and it became extremely apparent the next year when I went elk hunting and killed a bull and went to pack out the heavy loads that all that endurance had backfired. So I was too lean, I lost um, too much muscle and so I could crush it in the mountains all day long but I could not handle the heavy loads of the pack out like I used to be able to. And that's really when the light bulb moment went off it was like man there's got to be a way to break down the science and train a mountain athlete exactly for this mission and so that was the 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 kind of light bulb moment for mountain tough it took a delay though so uh as all this was going on um my wife and i did this event where we ran a marathon a month for a year uh, to raise to raise money for this nonprofit in Africa. What nonprofit? Um, so that nonprofit, I don't think they're around anymore. Um, they were rescuing children that lived in the landfill in Ethiopia. So at the end of the year, we went and visited them after raising all this, raising money through these marathons, and basically you get on the ground. And there are a group of like 50 kids that live in the landfill. So it would be like your local dump. Um, So they sleep there, they eat there, they live there. And so they were kind of going through the landfill looking for scraps to eat. And then they would go, they would like pick through the dump with sticks and then they would find plastic bottles and aluminum cans to recycle in town for money. Mm-hmm. And that was their full-time job. It, that was their full-time life. And they were they were like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. And that led us to coming home. So we came home. I went back to this really good job in Bozeman. My wife worked at an advertising agency, which was an awesome job for our age and our lifestyle. And we were like, we were wrecked from that Ethiopia trip. Yeah, I can believe that we We're like back in these plush corporate jobs after everything we had just seen. and like we had nieces and nephews that same age, and we were didn't <laughs> have any kids at that time. We' were like, man, we gotta we might as well do something now if we're gonna do it." So we both quit our jobs and we flew back to Africa and worked there for another year and where'd so you work in it? where'd you work that time same place we went to a different place um we went to uganda and we worked in what U- year we went to uganda in this was 09 it was oh nine and ten okay okay All right. right and so we actually through a bozeman connection worked for a guy that had been So Joseph Kony came through Africa um, using the child soldiers and massacred like 600,000 people through that civil war with Sudan. And so we, he, his foundation was rescuing kids from that war. And he had started this new orphanage. And the idea was um, to teach all the kids their life skills so they weren't stuck in orphanages the rest of their life and so it was a very entrepreneurship focused campus it was super it was super incredible it was like still the most rewarding challenging best thing we have ever done and we thought we were going to do it forever um we we there's 240 kids there Um, my wife was running like the medical clinic. I was helping the kids, um, like do this pineapple farm. We'd sell the pineapples. They'd take that money, save that money for their secondary education. And we built this little guest house, moved into this guest house and my wife got pregnant. And still, even at that time, we were, we were, we had no plan B that was kind of what we thought we were doing for a while. And we did not, we knew we knew we didn't want to deliver the baby in Uganda, just for right. how sketchy it is. Um, so we were like, we'll fly home to Bozeman, have the baby fly back, live, live in the guest house. And we flew back. Um, our first daughter was born. And uh, we just we just could not fly back over there and, and raise a newborn baby Right. <laughs> under, under those kind of like safety conditions. Um, but what we did know is like everything we'd learned through this whole process was that we wanted to do something related to our passion and our purpose. And we did not want to go back and just snag up a corporate job. And that finally was when all those mountain tough pieces came together mm. <laughs> so it was a long journey but it it's cool kind of looking back at it now and all the pieces it took to get here
0: yeah what a crazy so the lord's resistance army stuff you were dealing with wow. i mean remember that movie jared coney 2012 remember that jared do you remember that were you around for that Mm-mm. um jared was stationed i don't know if you saw that or not but yeah it was like stunning with what this dude was doing like shocking shocking stuff
2: yeah yeah we had kids at the orphanage that would we had this little land cruiser that we'd buzz around into town for and get supplies and it it got like four flat tires in one week and we couldn't figure out what was going on well this like 10 year old boy was building booby traps and putting them in the road and we kept, and he was, it was a boy that was staying with us, was so used to building booby traps for the Civil War that he was just, like, doing it out of habit. And we kept hitting him with the Land Cruiser. Like oh. it, it was just crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, because he'd start young with kids yeah. and just, like, kind of brainwash him, right? Yeah. I mean, turn them into his army, which was horrible but what a I mean what a what a journey from corporate to Africa to you (laughs) know like basically training world-class athletes in Bozeman Montana which is a beautiful place Bozeman is awesome I always stop by all the cool I mean there's like the Sitka place there Stone Glacier you guys are there and all like the cool stuff I think meat eaters there right so whenever I drive through I like do like the the fanboy tour stuff but uh it's like you cool. you've just you've gone all over the place and where you went to uh what'd you say university of montana state is that right in bozeman
2: yeah i went to montana state in bozeman
0: montana state yeah i was gonna say i remember we stopped by the campus last time we were there um it's a beautiful spot and yeah. good hunting like look at the flex behind him jared he's got two mm-hmm. big bucks sitting there and he's got wow <laughs> a goat we don't i don't know that we've had a guest with such a strong goat flex uh <laughs> and, wow i mean i am sitting here with nothing on my wall jared's got his bare like concrete behind me <laughs> yeah uh, but i i was pointing out to jared before i got this map here that like explains different geographical features so it's got like you know here what here's what a dam looks like a lake a plateau
2: about that thing
0: yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Here's a shoal, and there's like a list of terms in the bottom, and because uh, we always have this debate about whether it's a draw, a shoot, or a, what's the other term for it, Jared? Ravine. A ravine, or like I call it different things. He doesn't like that I call anything that is like an indent in land a shoot, because it can be like a drainage. I'm calling that a shoot. It's all or a holler. I'm a calling holler. that a shoot. A holler. <laughs> it's a draw. Draw. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Well, that's cool. You know, I've, I've, what I've liked about just kind of dialing it back to what you were saying earlier about some of your workouts now are like you, you work with other people, work out with people. Mm-hmm. rather than kind of self-paced it's kind of nice because what i like about it is you're seeing these people push and it's like man you know it's it's 6 30 in the morning it's 10 degrees like i'm just gonna just get it over with and i see somebody on the like little phone that i've propped up on a table in my garage that i have the heater on because i'm worried that phone, my phone battery will die in the cold uh and it's like well they're doing it so it's it kind of it's motivating you know
2: yeah that that was kind of by design and one thing that we wanted to do that for was I think the wall sits like a perfect example. So that program you're in now with the kettlebell program, the wall sit challenge ramps up each week. Dude. And what, <laughs> what not? What, we didn't want, we didn't want someone at home to be like, dude, you can't like a, a five minute kettlebell wall sit is impossible. No one can do that what the hell are these guys talking about no one's going to do this without breaks and so just like we knew it pushed you to a whole new level if you're sitting there on your wall staring at someone on our wall and you're going to push it like a hundred times further than you would if that example isn't there yeah it's just like the power of um it's almost accountability a little bit
0: it is that's exactly that's what i think of it is like they're doing it i gotta keep up with them yeah, um, I like that. Is that now? Tell me, that's the hardest workout, like the kettlebell work. Uh, you know, programs. The hard is that the hardest one.
2: No, no, it definitely isn't the hardest. I didn't, one. I didn't
0: think it was. What's what's the <laughs> hardest one? That's what I'm doing next. So I can show Jared how tough I am.
2: Man, I, I think they're all they're all hard in different ways. The one thing that's been cool for me to witness has been. I think there's this concept that we have as a society, as a world, we're still a long ways from scratching this, this human potential thing. And I've always kind of believed that. And I used to use the example that if you look at, if you look at athletes today, compared to like when I was a kid watching football, like when I was a kid watching football with my dad at like 10 years old they were kind of like normal looking dudes right and now it is they're complete freak like human animals and they're faster and bigger than ever before and it's like that and it's like that in every sport and like football is the easy example because visually you can just see how these guys are beasts but I also saw it in ultra running sure where like when i was when my wife and i kind of were into ultras uh a hundred miles was like the the crucible like can you can you do the hundred miler so a lot yeah. of people that was like what they were shooting for was that the hundred miler was it if you've done that you are kind of triple digits yeah you're in the community well like it was just a few years later that they bumped it up to 250. Yeah. So. Like over doubled it. That blew my
0: yeah. hundred blew my mind at the time. Yeah. I remember when I would see Cam Haynes practicing for a hundred mile and then running a hundred mile race. And I remember telling people like this guy runs 100 miles. That's insane. <laughs> you know, this is years ago and now it's like two fifty is a thing. It's ridiculous.
2: is the thing now. Yeah. It's insane. And that There's was the thing,
0: like, though, we knew this since like the eight, the early mid '90s. If you, you've seen Forrest Gump, that dude runs across the whole country.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: right. So, like, I mean, we've known it was possible for a while. You just gotta tap into your inner Gump, you know.
2: It was his beard, I think. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I guess tying that back to the point is, we're seeing that with Mountain Tough. Like the workouts that we wrote in 2016, we've learned so much since 16 that I almost always recommend like the new thing because everything we've learned about mountain athletes compounds on itself into the next program and the next program and the next program. So like the, the heavy pack 20 we released last week is phenomenal. It's just like six years of mountain athlete research and all you need is your pack. And that I would say, is the, the the coolest and the most challenging one right now. And same thing, it's just coached, someone can put their pack on in their garage, in their living room, in their bedroom, in a hotel room, at the office and just hit play. And that's all they need to do. But the stuff that's incorporated into that program, I feel is gonna make a way stronger hunter than anything we've ever done just because The athletes we have testing that are freak athletes, but what they're experiencing under the heavy load of of the pack across four weeks, um, I'm very confident they'll feel better in the mountains off that program than anything we've ever done. I've got a a bear hunt in Montana, Western
0: Montana coming up, which is kind of why I started to get serious about getting – you know in shape and especially working on my legs um and so i was looking at that heavy pack as next after i finish finish yep. kettlebell that was what i had my especially because you have somebody doing the workout with you
2: yeah yeah we we were just talking about today in the gym we we're like i can't wait to see the people that do all the kettlebell and then all the heavy pack workouts because it's functional strength yeah it, And functional strength is very different than just strength. It's like farmer strong. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and hunters need a lot of that, like farmer strong, uh, grip strength and stability, uh, that you, that you can't always get with perfectly balanced weights and dumbbells. Right. Yeah. You're uneven.
0: You're kind of shifting the bag around. I am concerned about my bag stinking. Yeah I yeah. got this this nice stone glacier backpack you know and I'm worried it's just going to get that stink to it I, I already I just cleaned the uh the bag yeah but like the straps although who wrote somebody just messaged me and said you can actually throw take out the the um metal stays or whatever in the backpack and throw it in your your washing machine too so it, maybe I'll try
2: that Yeah we we were, we so one of our test athletes on the heavy pack 20 program is chris lawrence who's the he is the warehouse manager for stone glacier and because our buildings are right next door yeah, so we, yeah. we bring him over and he's a huge dude he's like he's 240 uh he was a linebacker uh for cal poly so but he's in love with this functional training now but we asked him that question today we're like dude these packs by the end of all these people testing this program are just driving demand for them yeah (laughs) but he said there's a youtube on how to wash that whole thing good i'm gonna need that because i'm like
0: you know i i take it on i whitetail hunt i'm like i can't have you know be stinking out the woods you know yeah apparently i smell like broth so it doesn't really matter thanks jared really self-conscious about that now
1: throwing a little ketchup and you got a little meal
0: you <laughs>
1: yuck no, no i'm uh, i'm yeah. super excited like this is all this talk and talk of you know mental toughness and everyone getting on board
0: and doing this stuff together i'm no no me, you know what makes, don't give me this no it makes you know, me what? I know to why no i reject all this <laughs> pick a hunt man pick what you're doing here's the thing that drives me crazy about jared i'm airing my grievance right now What's i've not? had you know the cr- clock strikes strikes 12 o'clock December 30, right into January 1, 31st, 31st to January. Anyways, New Year's. And I've got all my hunts planned. I'm excited. I'm thinking about them. I'm researching them. Right. Jared, where where are you going hunting this year? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Train for something. I'll man. let it come to me, man. <laughs> you let me know how that goes. I will. And
1: I am going to start a workout now because I'm super. For what? For what hunt? Doesn't matter. Does it In matter? I don't want to know. I want to I I go to this app. Dustin, where can I find this app? Like, where can I download it? Like, is
2: it everywhere? Yep. It's everywhere. So uh mountain tough plus is the app. You can access it in the iPhone store, the Google play store. It's also sweet. It's incredible on TVs. And so it How is beautiful. in the Apple TV store, the Roku store. I tried that yet. I need a TV for my garage. It's sweet on the TV, especially these coached ones are phenomenal. Um, Are you a coach on there? Yeah, of course. He's
0: there the whole time, man. He he holds your hand (laughs) gently, holds your hand and guides you as your Yoda, and just tells you, "Hey, there's another round of AMRAP, just to get used to the word AMRAP, Jared. You're gonna learn it as
1: possible." Thanks, Jim. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know what that is anyway <laughs> no i'm i'm super excited if you guys have been listening to this episode and have found an inner calling to get fit for whatever hunts that's coming up or if you just want to get in shape like i do because you got that dad bod going on or
0: you get a dad whatever, bod for whatever reason, for you, whatever reason. you get a dad bod jared i'm working on it mm, it's a working project hey, you know what i can't be friends with somebody that's <laughs> over over like I, I can't be friends with a dude, That's got dad bottom. I'm sorry, I, I have high standards of friendship, and you're no. gonna get the you're gonna get you're on the chopping block right now, my friend. Get it together, <laughs> tighten
1: it I'm up. I'm getting it together. I'm gonna go download this app, everyone else should too. Go go check out the
0: app, Dustin. Also, follow, check them out on yeah. Instagram. Uh, you guys have good posts, and like your blog posts are good. Like I said, I had a really good uh nugget the other day that I've been you know kind of thinking about since I read it so yeah check that out too that was do you, do you write those Dustin
2: yeah I do I write most of them and then a few other guys on our team write some of them the the blog content we're trying to make it all a mental toughness focus so the, the majority of it is mental toughness focus blog content which is super fun yeah and then the the awesome thing about the app too is that everyone can start on that 14-day free trial, which we think is sweet because just getting people in there, they can try a few different workouts. They can try the coach style or the self-guided style. A ton of bonus content in there they can check out too and then no commitment after that 14 days. How long are the workouts while we're on those? So each program is different in terms of if you pick a gym program or a no gear program or a minimal gear program. Mm -hmm. Um, But our our concept average is we've always wanted people to be able to get it done within an hour okay
0: yeah it usually is i think the longest one with like cool down and sometimes i skip cool down dustin i don't skip it no no no
2: five times
0: i do yoga (laughs) afterwards and i count that because i'm like i don't want to do a cool down and yoga that like that's a lot of things that aren't very fun you know what i'm saying and yeah i'm not you know i'm not the expert i'm just telling i'm just being honest and you know just unloading my conscience because you're finally here. You you, you can't judge me when I you're on my phone in the garage in the morning, but you can judge me now. You know
2: we can see you through that.
0: <laughs> that's the weird thing about data <laughs> yeah. data mining, man. No, it's been awesome. Um, I appreciate having you on. Actually, the quote was, and I keep referring to it: goals don't determine success; systems determine success. And that's been just stuck in my cross since
2: since I read it. It's just been bouncing yeah. around. It's good stuff. Mm -hmm. thanks man yeah for us that 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 is not my quote but it was in our article James Clear that's the quote (laughs) so I
1: coined it man it's all
2: about for us it's all about like everything you do you got to tie into identity and that's the only way it's going to stick so um we always use the example of like don't don't train for the hunt this year like Train to be a better husband because that's that's going to be the long-term fuel that keeps you going you gotta
0: have that top shelf stuff for your wife you know what i mean yeah. yes baby you don't want you don't want to you know you're not digging out like well stuff this is yeah. top shelf you know bring this your back.
1: this ain't uh el toro we're talking no. about the that's right. this just isn't
0: your yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, anyways, boy, man, thank you for coming on appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to our nonsense for a while and and motivating jared to lose that dad bod yeah he has been i have noticed some handles he's getting he Rick, gets handles he's the bottom dude, heavy dude you gotta rage you know? against the dad bob yeah you do it's not it's not attractive i don't care what people <laughs> magazine says about it being in it's not it's never gonna be in stay tight <laughs> keep things tight keep it tight
2: <laughs> Anyways,
0: Dustin, I appreciate it. Like I said, go, everybody, check it out. Uh, I've been doing this workout for two weeks. Jared's uh, w- going to be one day and tomorrow.
1: Yeah. If anyone wants
0: to start
1: with me, oh, he'll yeah. post make hey, it. A Jared, I want to
0: see a post about it tomorrow morning prior to work. Uh, he works early, man. too. Yeah. All not right. going to happen after. Download it. Download it now. Download it now, Jared. Download okay. All right. Dustin, you thank you, you again. That.
2: Appreciate your time. Thanks. Appreciate the opportunity. Really, uh, that was super fun. And anything you guys need, just let us know. Hey,
1: everybody. One quick thing before we let you guys go. If you weren't aware, it takes 20 days to form a new habit. And just talked about a lot of Good benefits, health benefits that you can be doing. And why not make one of those benefits something that benefits you and your hunting routine? Dustin just surprised us with a special little gift for all of you. It is a 30 day free trial to this app. So usually it's only 14 days. And he actually told us, hey, spread these around to your listeners. And if you guys are wanting to get in on this app, then go over to the app and go to the subscriptions or wherever you can find it and use the code TFC30. To get a 30-day free trial, and you can start working out with these guys. It's a lot of fun, really. Go check it out. Hey, everybody! Thanks for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go on to any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe. You know, it'd really help us out. Keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five-star. Either way, even if you don't like it, even if you don't like it, five stars helps everyone out. See you out there.